0: Welcome to the Resilient Underdog Podcast where we celebrate the gritty determination and unbreakable spirit of those who overcame adversity and rose to the top. Each episode, we will bring you inspiring stories of individuals who refused to give up despite the odds stacked against them. They faced challenges head-on and emerged victorious, proving that with hard work and a never-say-die attitude, anything Anything is possible. So buckle up. Get ready to be motivated and join us on a journey to unleash your inner resilient, resilient underdog.
1: What's up, up, everybody? Welcome to the Resilient Underdog. Today is going to be a very special day. Um, I don't know if you've heard this man's name or not before, but his name is J.C. Almanza, and this man is famous. Uh, he's lived, you know, so many different lives. And he is uh, a true example of being the resilient underdog where he adapted, overcame, and won. And now he is winning really, really big in his life. But it's so important for us to just talk to him, hear his story, where he comes from. And it's just going to probably get really raw and really real. So uh, please don't be offended by anything that comes out on this. It's uh, it's all meant for a purpose. and all meant for a power. And uh, I know somebody out there can connect with this. And that's exactly what this show is about is to... Inspire other men and women, or even children out there, that uh, either by environmental circumstances, personal choices, um, or just belief systems that either been instilled in them, or that they have somehow adapted themselves, to show you that you are qualified. You can have the life that you want. You can live a rich, fulfilling life, whatever that means to you. Whether it's you know money, power, fame, success purpose uh just fulfillment or being a best parent ever right so uh jc it's such a pleasure to have you today oh man thank you i'm blessed to be here today yeah it's such an honor so let's just get right into this you all right with that <laughs> yeah, let's go all right so jc you know let's talk about your past a little bit right i've, I've uh i've done my homework on you <laughs> right and uh, i was very impressed by your story but uh, let's let's go with where your story starts. Where does it start?
0: I mean, my, my parents, they came over from Mexico at a very young age. I always say uh, kids having kids because they got married at 14. They had my sister at that age, and then they had me at 16. So uh, they were kids, you know. Yeah. And uh, when my dad ended up in Chicago, when they moved to Chicago for a better life, uh my dad fell in love with the, with the gangs, the, the drugs, the women. You know, we're, we're from a small town in Mexico where you really didn't see that kind of stuff right. back then. So he ended up just, you know, abandoning us one day at a hotel. And he left and uh, we were homeless. We were in a car. You know, I, I remember bits and pieces. I was very young. Mm-hmm. How old I, were you about that time, do you think? I want to say about four. Okay and was your dad on drugs what what was the story when he abandoned you he he had already turned into an alcoholic he was a womanizer he, he you know he uh, abused my mom a lot he, he cheated uh you know I, all i remember was bad times when they were together you okay. know fights uh stuff like that um i mean i all i remember from that day is the color what color the hotel was all our stuff was in the car right and uh when my mom decided to go move with her brother, you know, that's when the nightmare started for me. You know, okay. Uh, he's the, the one that uh, started molesting me and raping me and, uh, you know, torturing me. Uh, people have heard me talk about it, how he would drown me in, in the water in the bathtub and, you know, pull me out. And when we would go to public pools, he would do the same thing, um, tell me to jump in. You know, it was torture. It was torture. Uh completely destroyed my my will for anything i I mean i was such a a broken kid i just wanted love but it it was it was a lot of abuse by him so uh,
1: how did it feel like in those moments you know being a young boy dad's gone uh your only male role model is a monster and the only thing you want is love but all you're getting is just pure hate and evil Like, what was going through your heart, if you remember? Because, I mean, sometimes we might not remember,
0: or, you know, we block it out and things like that. Do you kind of remember what that felt like for you? I just remember that I just wanted to be loved, man, no matter what he did to me. Mm -hmm. um, I was always looking for him. Like, uh, I wanted that father figure in my life. I wanted that male model or whatever you want to call it, you know, that superhero and no matter what he did to me, I was willing to take it like a dog, pretty much. You know right. what I mean? Just like, desperately seeking love, just wanted it. Yeah, um, I wasn't getting it from my mom. I wasn't getting it from him. So you know, um, that's what led me to the streets. Okay, and then where, your street life started. Where were you at? So you said you were in Chicago at this time, right? Actually, we were in California when okay. uh, my dad took off. My uh, we went. To, my, my family moved to Chicago. Then my dad ran to California. Because we had family out there, okay. And then my mom chased them to California. I still remember it was a, a train ride from Chicago to California that lasted like two weeks. Holy, yeah, we got on a That's train. That's a wow. That just took forever. Slow to train, there. yeah. <laughs> but uh, we ended up in Sacramento, um, and it was at the age of nine with my when my mom ended up sending me back to my dad in Chicago.
1: Okay, so you were with your dad when you were in Chicago, yeah. And your mom stayed there in California, yeah.
0: Was she just uh, she just like gave up the kids and said, you know what, I'm tired of being a mom, or what was that? What happened there? You know, um, she beat me really bad that day because my my mom was abusing me too. You know, she uh, she was not mentally well. Um, right she uh there was forms of torture that she used on me one of them was uh cutting my nails she would cut them really short make them bleed all the time mm-hmm. so it was like constant torture whenever I, I knew that i needed to get my nails cut right so uh it, it was just abuse and abuse and one day i just i stood up for myself and i was like you're not gonna hit me no more right that's it like i'm i'm, I'm i am was nine years old but i felt like a grown man right you've been you through know? so much so young right like yeah.
1: What can, what, can they,
0: what can the world do to you, right? Like, I'm tough enough to take it. You know, I, to, to I tell people I was, it. I was nine years old. I had already been raped. I had already been beat, drowned. I mean, you name it. So, like, I told her, you're not hitting me no more. That's it. Right. And I remember she, she got mad, and she was like, okay, I'm sending you to your dad's house. I was like, yeah, send me to my dad's house. Um, I ended up leaving. I flew to Chicago, Um. My dad lived in one of the most gang-infested areas in Chicago on the south side. Um, yeah. It's called Little Village. Okay. Little it's like Little Mexico. Okay. Um, two of the biggest gangs control that area in Chicago. Oh, what are those gangs? Uh, the Latin Kings and the 2-6. Uh, okay. Um, big Latino gangs. I mean, I'm talking about 300 gang members on each side. Uh, it's, it's It's a wow. big gang area. Yeah. And a lot of violence, a lot of uh, murders, a lot of drive-bys. I I mean, I I tell people by the time I was 14, I had already had a friend killed in front of me every year since the age of nine all the way down until I went to prison. So
1: let's just kind of recap all that, right? So you're a little boy. uh, Your family comes here. You're in Chicago. Your dad splits. You and your mom go to California. You're being beaten And you're being tortured You finally get back To your dad's Desperately seeking love Desperately seeking A positive role model Ended up In a gangland Basically And uh, Every year From the age of 9 to 14 You're not only Being abused You're also Like Experiencing Watching Your friends And people That you love Get killed in front of you Is that accurate? Yeah Yeah. Can you imagine that? Take that uh, Listeners Uh, so, you know, you got your stories and we all do, but I mean, this is stuff before the age of 14. Um, so maybe you can relate to some of that, you know, JC, I can relate to some of that, right? So I grew up, uh, my dad split drugs. Uh, my mom was mentally ill, uh, physical abuse. Uh, she's schizophrenic and manic depressive. Now I love my mother. I love my mother, you know, but that ultimately ended up. You know, a very unhealthy household and a very broken little boy. Yeah. Um, I wasn't getting tortured at the same level that you were, but I remember being bounced off the walls like it's like a WWF match (laughs) when I was six and seven. Yep. And um, anyway, I ultimately ended up in foster care, but you ended up in Chicago. So um, watching your friends get killed like so young and going through so much torture, like what were you feeling, um, you know, at that age? At 14, after experiencing all of
0: that, so, yeah. I mean, I'm going to be honest. I always tell people uh, I wanted blood. That's uh, the only truth, and it's honest. It's honest as I could be. Uh, I wanted to hurt people like I had been hurt. Um, my heart was completely stoned after all those years of abuse, so, um, you know, I started seeking. I wanted to hurt people. I, want, I wanted revenge, and... Uh, You know, uh, I went to the streets for that. You know, getting involved with the gangs. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't really commit to a gang until I was 16, Mm -hmm. uh, because I got moved around so much. My family in Chicago really couldn't deal with me, so they would move me around. And in Chicago, I mean, you move to one side, it's another gang. You move to another side, it's another gang. So, I had to pretty much be like a chameleon, and I had to fit in with different gangs in every neighborhood. But that's also what helped me survive and, and right. like what i am today
1: what did what did uh those experiences and having to be a chameleon and being around all these different gangs and different rules and cultures of the gangs and stuff how did that help you what did, what skills did you learn uh in these environments that were positive that you can now even apply today in your life i mean for
0: one uh, i'm I'm a survivor man i, I if, I'll figure it out. If if you tell me I need this done, and I I I don't know, I, I'll be I'll figure it out. You know, I, right. I just that's one thing that my hard life has taught me is that it's not over yet until it's over.
1: Right? It's resilience and perseverance and ingenuity and uh,
0: just way to get things done. Yeah, yeah. 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 And, and that's that's one I always say. I'm I'm like I'm just super hard headed. Right. If you tell me no, it's going to always be yes for me. Right. So <laughs> it's one thing that I, I, I think uh, it, the street life taught me. And, and another thing is that, like, I always looked at the brighter things in life. Had right. perspective. Even though I had such a dark life, I always tell people I always had a sense of humor. I always laughed. I always joked. I always uh, looked at things in a different way because it's what kept me from going crazy. It right. it, it, would ke- it kept me from hating myself because I hated everybody else. Right. So uh, it, it it taught me a lot of things. And to tell you the truth, man, I, I wouldn't change nothing that happened to me, even the bad stuff.
1: Oh, uh, you know, I'm so, so glad to hear you say that because, you know, and you've heard this. People are like, "Ah, oh, JC, I'm so sorry that all this stuff happened to you. I'm so sorry you went through those things. And I can't believe that you had such a horrible upbringing. People say that to me too, and my story is nowhere near as uh, graphic as your story, right? But I, you know, and I, I, say, I say to their faces, I'm not. I am not. It's like the greatest thing that ever happened to me in life was being born into a bad environment because it taught me very, very early in life as a young boy how the world actually works. <laughs> it also taught me about God and the devil, Right? You know, I have this belief that you know the God and the devil they use the same tool. What is that tool? Do you think?
0: <laughs> Wait, the whisper <laughs> or the heart. What? They use people. <laughs> oh, that's they use people. That's, that's normal, <laughs> right? But God uses
1: people yeah. to help people. Yeah. The devil uses people, that's probably hard. the closest people to you, to hurt you. The worst. That's a good way to put it, <laughs> Right? To enslave you. Now, so like people always say, you know, like, I'm sorry you went through that. And I'm like, I am absolutely not because it taught me how to read people. It taught me that, you know, no matter what the world throws at me, it hit me in the face as hard as it could very, very early in life. So now I know I'm unbreakable. Yeah. The world can't destroy me. If you didn't destroy me, the, you know, for me, it's like the world did the the worst things it could do to me that I experienced before I was 10 years old and it couldn't break me. So what makes you think as a grown man mm-hmm. that you're going to break me now? I can, you know, I learned how to control my environment. I learned how to be resilient. I learned, I mean, the list goes on and on. of Positive things that I got from these, the darkest days of my life, uh, which are gray in comparison to yours, right? Just a little overcast <laughs> in comparison to yours. right? But, um. So, would you say that you got some of those, you know, these attributes from your pain?
0: Yeah, I mean, it, it's 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 without the bitter, there is no sweet, right? There, 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 I tell people this is why my heart's so big now because all I knew was hate and take back then, right? And then when I found out how much I could love and how my how it felt to love and how it right. felt to like let people love me. Right. It completely changed me. Right. I I I've ter- I always tell people, I used to be the Tasmanian devil. Yeah. Now I'm Winnie the Pooh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard you say that before actually. That's some stuff that I watched of years. Yeah, it's I mean I, I was filled with so much pain, so much hate that like I was constantly I mean, I was a piece of crap, man. I I, if you looked at me the wrong way, I was trying to shoot you. If your wife caught my eye, I was trying to sleep with her. I, it, it was I was just constantly doing bad, right? And I just wanted to hurt people. I wanted to hurt myself. Uh, I call it self suicide, right? You know, um, I heard you um, say that. Yeah, I just I didn't want to live, and I didn't care about going to prison for life. Um, I just wanted to prove myself and, and show people how tough I was. Right, you, know? you
1: want to be the monster people expect you yeah. to be, yeah, right, like because hey, if i 'm a monster, they can 't hurt me exactly right exactly right so uh let's let 's go uh, So you're fourteen, and uh now you are joining a gang. What gang did you join uh the saint disciples satan's disciples is that like uh still a, its own independent gang out there mm-hmm. or? So there's Satan's Disciples, there's Latin Kings, and
0: uh, what was the other gang? 2-6. Two 2-6. Six. Two six. I mean, there's, there's hundreds. There's over 100 grand gangs in Chicago. and, and Wow. I, I tell people uh, the culture in Chicago is very different to L.A., very different to Texas. And the reason why I like to state that is because when you see movies... They always, you know, put the Mexican guy with the open shirt and the white shirt on the bottom. Yeah, they do. Not all Mexicans dress like that. Right. (laughs) Those. That's California. That's California has their own look, their own thing. That's that's how they roll. Uh, Gangsters, uh, gangbangers in Chicago are different. Uh, um, So the gangs over there are very. It's very embedded in their culture. It's been there for a very long time. Chicago's always been bad. Um, Right. I mean, gangs have mascots over there, have colors, have war sweaters, party sweaters, prayers. It's just very embedded in the culture. It's almost like natural. Like if you're not in a gang, you're like, what are you doing? Right. Who are you with? Right. So that's Chicago, man. Okay.
1: Wow. (laughs) I didn't realize like the gang hierarchies were so regimented on and, uh, you know, really um, a well-oiled machine, unfortunately for bad, but of, you know, recruitment oh, and culture um, and building a team where everybody's sold out to the same mission, right? So what, would you, do you, what do you think that just kind of being growing up in the gang environment, you know, getting on the team, being recruited, like how is that both negatively – Impacted you And uh, what did you learn That was positive From those experiences That now you uh, can apply In today's life that you, that you live in a
0: positive way I mean the negative was All the lies They're, they're not your family right. <laughs> They don't have your back Once you go to jail Trust me They stop writing They stop sending money uh, You're just it, a tool. It, it, It's not It's not what they What they sell you Right. It's not. And, and A bed of lies. It's yeah. all lies. And I tell all the yeah. kids, it's all lies. Right. It might look cool. It might sound cool. But the truth always shows yep. and, and you see it. You know, you go to prison and you end up there with guys that are from your same gang. They've been there for 20 years, 30 years. And they tell you the same thing. guess what? When I got here, everybody forgot about me. Right. So you, I gave up my whole life for that gang that just forgot about you. Just like that. Just like Snap that. of a fingers. As yeah. soon as you weren't useful yeah. to them. So I look at that as the good thing and the bad thing okay. that I got to see. I got to see the truth. <laughs> right. You know, uh, because I spent years trying to fit in. I spent years trying to find myself. I, mm-hmm. I, I spent years trying to prove myself. Right and I, I was doing it for the wrong reasons, the wrong people, and the wrong family. Yeah, you were trying
1: to to prove yourself to an external source yes. in this in this instance, your gang, uh, while also not doing anything to to validate your own value, exactly. right? Your own worthiness. Is that about right? Yep awesome okay so you you become a gangster Satan's disciples 14 uh, like what does gang life look like for you what did, it, did you get jumped in like uh, did they give you a task how did you get into the gang and in your spot um,
0: I didn't get jumped in I was actually like grandfathered in because we were the first first members of uh it, it wasn't the gangs in Chicago are like McDonald's. It's the same gang, and they just open up in different areas all over Chicago. Okay. So, wow. Yeah. So the Land Kings from 32nd, Land Kings from 59th, 32nd, 40, it's 43rd, but they're all Land Kings. Just franchised. Just franchised. Okay. So we were the first ones to open up 59th and Spalding, so... uh St. Disciples is a really big gang in Chicago also. Okay. So uh, we were the first ones to open up. Uh, 59 Spalding There's about 10 of us. And uh, we caused havoc that year. That summer, everybody found out who 59 was because there was 10 of us that mm-hmm. were really broken. I'm s- still friends with them to this day. Um, some of them have turned their life over to, to God now. And, and uh, right. we have our little weekly... Uh, Bible study that I, I think is pretty cool because uh, these are a bunch of guys that I did dirt with on the street, and right. and now we're just loving God. You know, <laughs> so. hey, you know, <laughs> one thing you got to remember, right? Let's talk about Jesus for a minute.
1: He didn't walk with the people on high, right? He walked with the downshot yeah. the broken, yeah. the sinners, right? So, would are you, uh, did these guys that you? get together with now that are gangbangers or former gangbangers that have turned their life over to Jesus. Did you bring them to
0: Jesus? I can't say I did it because I don't do nothing. It's God doing everything. So you're you're the vessel that he uses, right? When I went to share my testimony, I went uh, a year ago. I went to Aurora, and it's a very highly gang-populated suburb in Chicago. Um, I went to go share my testimony, and a lot of my guys came. Twenty-one guys turned their life over to God that day gang members 21 got hold on let's just <laughs> pause on that you know viewers
1: and listeners i want you to focus on that this man goes back to chicago right and in that day that you were there one day a 24-hour period your testimony your story they know your history on top of that and God gave him the privilege of turning 21 lives over to Jesus and God and to be of service and, uh, and you know, the, the righteous life. Um, um, so just put that into perspective, right? So for you, the listener, who might feel like, you know, God doesn't love you, you're not oh, worthy yeah. of God's love, you've done too much dirt, You've experienced too many things. You feel like you might have too much hate uh, to even be qualified to walk that walk with him. Well, here's a man that we're going to get into it some more, but uh, has so much pain, so much dirt, centers life to the max, been saved, and in one day converted 21 lives. That's amazing, JC. That's amazing. So thank you for sharing that. And so to the listeners, you're qualified for God's love. All you got to do is ask for it, right? Is that it?
0: You know, um, I've been watching uh, American's got, America's Got Talent these yeah. past couple of days. I've been yeah. stuck on that show. And, and Simon always says these next two minutes are going to change your life. Ooh. Well, I tell them God only needs a second Ooh. because... When I got on my knees, I, <laughs> you know, it's still emotional for me because um, you can share it, man. Be, it's a we want that we welcome it. I had so much pain. I had I had so much hurt from being raped, from being just, just so much. I, I wondered, you know, how how can a little kid suffer so much, and then. How can I start trying to take life and people trying to take my life and, and and it was just a constant like just crazy and to have all that pain all that all that for years years and then in one second for God to remove that from my heart, um, you know. After that day, I didn't have no more questions. I I know that He's real. I know that um, I'm. I wasn't a mistake. I know that I have a purpose and it brings tears to my eyes every day because for him to be able to take somebody like me and use me, I mean, I'm Mm -hmm. grateful and I'm grateful and and I'm just, I'm in it till the wheels fall off. Right. You know, and that's so
1: true, man, is everybody out here that walks this earth wakes up today a sinner, broken, hurt, or maybe not. Maybe just lost, maybe not knowing what you're here for. But one thing that is universally true, whether or not you know you live in the mansion on the hill, or in the slums and in the gutter in the streets, you have a purpose. You have a calling in your heart. Can I? Uh, I want to add something to purpose because this is like my story of purpose. Okay. So, um, and I think that it'll connect with a lot of people. So, you mind if I share that for a sure, minute? Sure. Okay. So, I woke up, you know, like I came from, you know, my own struggles, but, you know, I was living a pretty good life at the time that I found my purpose. I was, you know, right around 30, 31. My whole life, I had this restless energy inside me. And the the closest emotion that I can explain it as, even though it wasn't, but will give you a context of like what I felt, was anger. But I wasn't angry. I was angry. I was was happy. I lived a good life. Um, You know, I had come so far from where I was. And, uh, you know, I was asking, literally asking God, God, like I'm not getting any younger here. I'm about to turn 30, 31, whatever age it was, in my early 30s. Like, if you want me to feel whatever the purpose is you have for me, like, you got to tell me, man. You
0: know, like, <laughs> that's, that's the thing, though. He doesn't tell you.
1: <laughs> I know. I'm like, could you just give me the answer? But, you know, he actually, you know, what he's really good is he lets you uh, discover it. Yes. yes. Right? Yes. But there's only one way to discover it. Um, you know, and so the way to discover it, at least through my experience is, and you can maybe testify to this and maybe not, but, or maybe somebody else can connect with this and maybe you can't, but I'm just telling you my story and hopefully it resonates. Right. (laughs) So uh, when I would, I woke up and I, uh, for the first time in my life, I just opened myself up a hundred percent vulnerable because I had vulnerability issues, right? The person who's supposed to love me the most in my life, my mother, Hurt me the worst, not because she's an evil person, because she was fighting demons of her own, right? My dad took off. The man that was supposed to raise me and be my example of a man, he took off. He didn't raise me. He was never in my life. Um, So I had a real hard time being vulnerable and letting my heart out and not really trying to control some aspect of it. For the first time in my life, I'm praying this prayer, like, please, God, you know, show me my purpose. And uh, by the way, it's nothing that I ever thought it was going to be. That's the first thing. Whatever you preconceived notion that you, the listeners, or anybody that's hearing this, might have to, uh, you know, want it to be, uh, wish it could be, think is cool, and uh, all that stuff. Like, forget all that. That's probably not your purpose, right? That's just your ego wanting it to be something that it's probably not. So. I just what I discovered is once I opened that up, um, it got placed in my heart, and it got validated uh, because um, what I used to do is I used to throw house parties and I would raise uh, charge people five bucks at the gate, drink till you drop, have a great time, right? And um, I'd give the money to charity. But in that moment, I was like, well, you know, it's my birthday coming up, right? So I wasn't going to have a party at my house. I was, you know, my buddy owned a bar, so I was going to do it there. He just opened his bar. And I said, well, I want to do a charity event. And at that point in time, I decided it was going to be uh, Wounded Warriors Foundation. And uh, so I went down there and um, I talked to the director of the entire West Coast. And they declined my offer um, to do it. And, you know, uh, number one, there's a fee you got to pay. Number two, uh, you know, they got to deem you qualified or whatever, which I get. They don't want you to abuse their brand. Yeah. Um. But the bureaucracy of working with a big organization like that, right? So I was over at my friend's house, who actually lives here in Arizona now. I still live in Washington State, but um, about it. And they're like, Eagle, why don't you just start your own charity? I said, hey, man, I don't know what time of, kind of time you think I got. Because at that time, um, I was a union iron worker. I was working 80 hours a week. I was working out of town. I would to come home to wash my laundry and be gone again, right? And... Um, all of a sudden, the name of my charity, still to this day, Live for Purpose, huh. popped into my head. And I'm just like, we're taking that name if it's available. So we did. And for the first time in my life, the next day when I woke up, I experienced peace, calmness. And that's when I knew that was a path. Yeah. You know that was the path, and I ended up serving homeless, which I never thought was never on my my radar of things I was going to do, right? So, you know, just like you, you said, you know, God only needs one second, right? Just like that, right? Just like that, He created a disciple, and JC, the sinner, the gangbanger, the monster. How does that feel?
0: Man, I tell people I didn't even want this job, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Not, I, I didn't I didn't want this job. I never even thought I would qualify for this job. But I didn't I would if you would have asked me two years ago that I was gonna be going to school to be a pastor, I would have laughed in your face. Right. I honestly I'm gonna be honest. Right. Why? Because I w- my mouth was in the gutter. My mind was in the gutter. Right. Was I trying to be a good person? Yeah. I was trying to be a decent man. Right. As long as I wasn't killing nobody or trying to kill somebody or trying to sell drugs. or sell- That's what I was like. Okay, so I'm a good man then. Right. But I, I didn't even know what morals were. I didn't even know. I, I, people don't believe me when I say this, but I tell people I had to start from scratch. Because right. I didn't know how to be a good person. Right. I didn't.
1: Right. I didn't know what it
0: was to not lie. I lied every day about everything. Right. I didn't know what it was to be faithful. I cheated on in everything. Even when we played spades, I would try to cheat. I mean, I I there wasn't there was no morals, no ethics in my life right. at all. And, and for me to be able to experience that has really, I I, I feel like a grown up. <laughs> right <laughs> finally living right finally yeah. finally yeah. like pay my bills like I, I i was telling someone the other day you know um i got my bank account for the first time i got i got i did a lot of stuff i'm doing a lot of stuff right now that i i wanted to savor. right, right? And, and opening up my bank account was one of them right I never had one. how long ago did you do that uh about a year ago how old are you now 47 <laughs> 47
1: okay <laughs> so i mean let's put it in perspective you know for the audience it's like you know here's all the stuff that most people were doing when they got their first job or even when they were little and their parents were teaching about money here's a man that served the, you know for lack of a better way to say it the devil his whole life and uh, had never done any of the quote-unquote things that are part of our development process to grow up to be responsible good contributing members to society and to our communities to our families the man is you know 47 now and he just opened a bank account a year ago you said right
0: yeah you right? know one thing i want to do a lot i want to do i want to go to prom
1: you do yeah
0: i want to prom i don't know why
1: what, what makes you want to go to prom you're gonna make me cry again. <laughs> like let's you know hey we're getting raw and we're real we already warned them Because there's
0: a lot of things, man, that I I wish I could have done like normal people, like going to high school, um, graduating, you know, having friends from childhood um, Mm. that are still alive or not in prison. Um,
1: (laughs) You missed out on so much life and experiences that that
0: would make you happy. I just never got to be a kid. You you never got to be a kid, yeah. And, um... It, it makes me sad sometimes. I, I cry about it. I'm not going to lie. But at the same time, now that, you know, God is, is changing my life so much, um, I, I leave next week to Ohio, and I'm going to be at a campground with 125 kids from from urban areas in Ohio. I'm spending the whole week with them. And um, I, I try to get out of it so much, bro, because, like, I felt like I wasn't ready. Like I, Right and i prayed and i prayed about it and i i fell to my knee and i started crying and, and then in my heart i was like there's 125 little jc's oh man and that's that powerful I, destined for the same path unless yeah
1: unless jc growing up shows up the saved the new jc shows
0: up so it's gonna be a, a really awesome week man and, and um like I tell people, like if I wouldn't have been through what I've been through, I, I wouldn't be able to do this awesome stuff with these kids or right. or with these men. And and um I mean I love it, man. It makes me cry every day. Man.
1: Man, that's so powerful. Let's paint the picture on that. So you got uh, you know, JC growing up, tortured, abused, anger, hate, uh gang life. Uh normal life to him was, you know, pulling the trigger at somebody, right? right. Like, uh, whether he hit him or not, I don't know. But I don't know what kind of aim he's got. But either way, it was, it was rooted in pain and anger and inflicting everything negative that he felt and experienced on other people, right? Now he, uh, he's saved, right? And uh, God gave him the power and the voice and the story and the pain and all this stuff to help prepare him. To not only save 21 hard gangsters from the streets and convert them to a better life, a better existence. Now JC has the opportunity to, uh, which he's being placed purposefully. So that's how I know JC's walking in his purpose. He's being placed into a camp with 125, in his words, little JC's. People that are, you know young children that have experienced pain that uh, most people can't even fathom going through experiences abuse, whatever it is, and he has the opportunity to uh, save young lives. What a powerful statement wouldn't you agree?
0: I mean I still can't believe it to this day what he's doing in my life man um that's why I'm, I'm so grateful. I, I get up every day and uh, I cry, man. I cry every day. And I, I put it up on my videos. I am I always tell people I'm not embarrassed because I spent so many years trying to be tough. So many years trying to be like this hardcore gangster. And I, I love what I feel now. I love to feel love now. I feel... Yeah. I, I love hugging people. And the best part is when... <laughs> The reaction I get when they see this big tatted up Mexican, and I, t- I tell them I love them, and I hug them, and they're like, "What just happened?" <laughs> yeah, that
1: doesn't fit the picture. It doesn't fit the picture at all, you know.
0: Like, and uh, that's
1: you know one of the things that one of my beefs with society is, is that we're so quick to judge, right, um, based on appearances. But a you know heart does not have a common outfit, right? Um, as a matter of fact, like in my lifetime, the the best people I ever came across were the people that had been through the worst things. They're the ones that will literally give their shirt off their back, yeah. you know. Um, and the people that uh, look like they should, or you know, go do the things that you know they say are Christ like, like go to church, they go do whatever. Um, in my experience. I've uh, seen a lot of snakes hiding behind the cross. You know what I'm saying?
0: <laughs> it's true, man. But it's, it's like I tell people, you know, because I, I hear it a lot. They're like, you know, I went to this church, but I didn't like how they treated me. And, and I went to this other one. And I was like, look, if you're looking for a perfect church, you ain't going to find it. Right. Because everybody's broken. Everybody. Right. And, and you're not going to the church because right. it's fancy. You're going there to listen to what God is saying. The message. Yes. The message in the church. The the people have nothing to do with the it. people have nothing to do with it. Right. And that's our problem is that we're too focused on what everybody else is thinking about us that we don't realize that it doesn't matter what people or what this world think about us. It's what he thinks of us. Right. right? It's what, what what are we doing to like love him back as much as he loves us. Right. And and that's why like uh my mission is, is so like people would tell me all the time, You're not making money, JC? And I'm like, No. I self fund myself. Oh man, you you you're missing out on this, you're missing and I'm like, Look, I worked for the cartel. I had a million dollars in my closet at one point. Right. My heart was empty, dark, there was nothing there.
1: Right. But a bunch of money
0: nothing right i am more happy today than i have ever been in my whole life because i have peace mm. i have joy and i know how to enjoy a moment now
1: right and that's worth more than any amount of money
0: <laughs> you you couldn't pay me 2 million to go back to that life right because i enjoy sitting down and reading a book and enjoying a moment with god now that it's priceless to me
1: right Right you have love you have peace right so let's let's go back a little bit and keep painting the picture on your life because you know I want people to hear this story so you're in a gang uh full of hate and anger broken abused and that's your family on what is perceived trust and loyalty only when you're useful yeah you know I have a saying and I have this saying on loyalty I want to share with you and I made this quote up, you know, because I spent a lot of, God gives me downloads, you know. So uh, I was going through a situation with a friend um, that I've forgiven now. And, um, you know, so I'm like, okay, so I got to reevaluate loyalty. Because the understanding that most of us have is loyalty is for life yeah. once you get it, right? Yeah. That's the general understanding of the every everyday people, right?
0: So, street, this street people, sorry. Yeah.
1: Right. Well, in my, and I'm not, a, I'm not a street person, man, but like uh, that's my understanding yeah. of it. It's like once you get it, it's there for life no matter what. Well, so that made me reevaluate my understanding of loyalty, the situation that I had. And so I came up with this quote My loyalty is tried and true, through and through, unwavering, unless you do something directly to me. That proves my loyalty is unfit for you. Because your loyalty is one of the most powerful things that you can share with another person. Right? Do you agree with that? Yeah.
0: Yeah. And it's funny that you say that because yesterday I was just speaking about a friend of mine. I'm not going to say no names. Yeah. But, um, you know, I've been trying to call him for about a year now. Okay. He never picks up my calls. Okay. And I said to myself uh, the other day, I called him and I was like, why do I keep calling a person that doesn't want to speak to me? Right. Why do I keep doing it? He doesn't deserve my loyalty. Right. You know, and it goes both ways. And this is for everybody that's listening. A friendship is a friendship only if you make it a friendship. Right. You need to take the time to call that person if that person doesn't call you. Right. You need to set the standard. Don't, and don't use a, hey, we might not talk every day, but we, we're still home. No, nah, don't, 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 don't use the back door. Right. Check on your friends. Call them. If they right. mean something to you, then you should be in communication with them.
1: You know, this, this is hitting home for me right now, JC. Thank you for sharing that because, you know, I know so many people, and I have so many great people in my life, but I don't call them enough. I don't text them enough. I don't check on them enough. I was saying the exact same same thing you just said It's like you know, hey, and I actually just had this conversation with my friend yesterday. It's like you know, um, this is my exact words were like you know, I know we don't see each other often, I know we don't talk often, but you're in my life forever, yeah. you know like you're I'm loyal to you, you know, regardless of any of that, and you know it's like uh you know, we pick up like well, we never left, right yeah. but but I always tell people, be Where, intentional. where's intentional. cheap,
0: though? Where's their cheap? You need to show it.
1: Yeah, exactly. That that's, why, that's why I'm like, wow, that just really hit home. Like, that was for me, you know, to hear, you know, and I'm sure that's for other people that are listening to hear, and that really is, like, uh, challenging my perspective on friendship and loyalty and family and, uh, you know, uh,
0: valuing people. Value is not in silence. It's not. And, you know, um, I'm going to put Peter on blast real quick, but, uh, you know, I text him a lot, you know, hey, I love you, hey, how you doing, blah, 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 sometimes it takes him all day to get back to me, but he gets back to me. Right. You know, um, there's people that just don't text you back, and you'll see quotes all over the place, they see your text, they're just not texting you back because they don't want to. Right. So you really have to ask yourself, who are you surrounding with yourself with? Right. You know, um, and I get it. My friends are busy. Everybody's doing something. I'll, I'll be more afraid of a friend that's always answering because he's probably at home getting high or something. Yeah. <laughs> but we're all busy. But you still need to take the time to water the grass where you stand. Yeah. Because that's why, you know, you hear that that saying that the grass always looks greener on the other right. side of the fence. Well, that's because you're not taking care of your own grass. Right. You're too busy looking at everybody else's grass. Right. So you know, take the time to call your friends, see how they're doing. It doesn't matter if they're busy; leave them a message. Uh, yeah. You have to be the leader. Yeah. If they're if they're if they're sheep, guess what? The, they need a shepherd, right. and that's just the way there is. There's some that are leaders. There's some that are followers. Yeah. That's why in, in prison you can't put a warrior as a leader because he'll make all of us go to the hole. Right. You know, you have to put somebody in charge that has a, cool a, a mind collector. <laughs> yes <laughs> yeah i hear you man so
1: let's fast track a little bit so you get in this gang and i know a little bit about your backstory and i know you had uh, your first prison stint how old are you when you went to prison man i
0: started going to prison at 14 uh i started having overnights okay uh in chicago a lot of people don't know this but you get arrested uh if there's more than four people in a group It's called mob action.
1: Really? Yeah. So just like four buddies hanging out causing a little bit of mischief. That's quote unquote mob action. That's
0: crazy. So the cops come in, they pick you up, take you to the police station, you spend 24 hours. Okay.
1: (laughs) So really nothing.
0: No, but uh, But. that's what gets you ready for... Okay. It's you get used to you. it. It starts prepping. It's like your intern you. t- internship for e-
1: prison. Exactly. Okay. <laughs> it's your so G. creating the monster, right? <laughs> they're feeding the monster. Okay.
0: And then it gets easier and easier. And then one day you get locked up on Friday. Guess what? You're not getting out till Monday because it's the weekend, right? So now you're into three days, right? And and that's what I tell people is, you, as a criminal, you start graduating to more stuff that's why a lot of people will say oh i would have never thought he would have killed somebody well guess what he got to that point yeah not just like that yeah started by stealing a candy bar exactly you know it starts growing it starts growing and i always tell people whatever wolf you feed that's the wolf that's gonna grow Mm. so the good wolf or the bad wolf right Yep.
1: you know that's that's powerful I, i hope you heard that people whatever wolf you feed is the wolf that grows. So you can feed the good wolf, or you can feed the bad wolf, or you can starve them all, and then you die. Yeah, <laughs> you know? pretty much. So uh, you go into prison. I know this. You go into your, the Mexican prison at age 17. Yeah. First thing that happens is you get stabbed. <laughs> what did that do uh, for you, both positively
0: and negatively? Honestly, it just it set the tone up where I knew... How much of a monster I had to be while I was there, right? Um, so you
1: adapted. I adapted quick, fast. And you overcame and you rose to the top, right? Yeah,
0: and right. um, you know, uh, I always tell people I was lucky that I was young and I was in my prime of violence. Yeah, in my prime, pure hate,
1: pure, pure darkness, hate. no emotions, no compassion, not just
0: whatever. You whatever, gotta be. Whatever I had to be that day, whatever monster I had to be that day, yeah. that's what I was. Yeah. And it started getting to me to the point where, you know, um I had a really hard time looking at myself in the mirror. Um it was starting to change me. Mm-hmm. I tell people that you do a new level of darkness, yeah, new level <laughs> of Yeah. Yeah, when when you're out there shooting people, you know, even a coward can shoot a gun. You right. know, uh, they, 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 he's scared he'll pull the trigger. But when you have to go up to somebody and stab him, like, it, it's up and personal, it's close, it, it's it's a whole different other monster. Right. And for me to survive in that Mexican prison, it was, for one, I was looked at as a traitor because I was American. Hmm. So I had to constantly prove myself. Right. Um, I had a best friend there that was with me to this day. He's still my best friend. Uh, his name's Ricardo. Um, he knew how to fight. So, uh, he always had my back and if it wasn't for him, I would have probably got killed over there. Yeah. You know, he, he had my back a hundred percent. It wasn't until he left that it got really bad for me. Yeah. And that's why he still has your loyalty to this day. (laughs) Yeah. I was there. I flew out to Houston, uh, two months ago to go see him. Awesome, you know because I, I love that dude. Yeah, <laughs> You owe him your life. Really, <laughs> yeah. you know, like he's he's the brother that I never had. Right,
1: you know what I mean? Right. Is, does is he uh, does he walk in life with you in Christ now?
0: No, but he he sees it. He's really yeah. proud of me. He would never in a million years stop. But you know, I know that this is the way it works. You know, it's not about. Being a Bible scholar, it's not about none of those things. Honestly, at the end of the day, is how you carry yourself is what people see. Right? How you treat them is what people see. How you make them feel? How you make them feel? How you talk to them? Everything. That's how you impact people. True. You know. And back in the day, you know, my 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 thinking was, oh, you know, I'm gonna be the loudest one in the room. I'm gonna be. The one popping bottles i'm going to be the one you know talking crap, the loudest uh the most girls, right. and it was completely opposite of everything that i that i that I knew was wrong right. it was wrong well
1: your definition of what you just gave is to me society's uh perpetuated definition of the alpha male yeah. right, but it's not the <laughs> alpha male no. So I always use this example, and this is for you, this is for me, this is for the listeners, right? So I, I like to ask this question of, you know, in the animal kingdom, what's generally considered the most alpha animal? What would you say that was?
0: I mean, I would say the gorilla. A lot the of people gorilla. would say
1: the lion. A lot of people would say the lion, You're right? And every now and then I get some answers that, like, make me go, huh, ah, I wonder why. Okay. So general answer is the lion. And I say, okay, well, when is the lion most respected and most revered? When he is roaring and showing his power, or when he's standing strongly and silently in his own presence, when he's the most magnetic, when is he the most charismatic, when is he the most captivating? What would you say?
0: Well there's 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 an emoji that I'm in love with that I've seen way back in the day when I first got out of prison that's a lion standing up and you can't see nothing until you turn the picture and you see all the knives in the back. Right. But the lion is standing firm with his head up and his chest right. out. Right. And it just shows the resilience, the power. Right. Just it shows I, I, I and I take it in as how resilient a human being can be. Right. Like, no matter what, how many times you've been stabbed or broken, no matter what. I mean, you see the Cinderella stories Mm -hmm. everywhere. Right. So I always, like, make this debate
1: of, you know, like, the alpha is the one that walks in the environment and changes the environment with their presence, with their energy. They're not, uh, you know, trying to assert their dominance to gain it. And that's when they gain respect, admiration,
0: love, right? That's the alpha. You know, it's funny because uh, one of my most viewed videos is (laughs) a video where I started to cry because I was going to fly to Hawaii to go share my testimony. Right. I I mean, I'm terrified of flying, first of all. I'm terrified of water. Okay. Me flying over the water was... (laughs) terrifying on its own right so that morning i was crying i was a mess i recorded myself i I tried to do everything to miss that flight god still put me on that flight right and when i got to hawaii and i seen how beautiful that world was right you know i jumped in the water for the first time and you can't swim no Right. But I jumped in and uh, it was such a beautiful experience, man, that I realized that that was a true gangster. Somebody that's willing to feel that brokenness, the love. Right. I, I don't even know how to explain it. Like, that's a true gangster right there. Right. That faces everything. Yeah. And openly. Openly. Like not, right. there, There's no such thing as uh, you're an awful. You shouldn't cry. No, I think you should cry even more. One hundred percent. Like you, you should feel the pain of other people because, right. like, that's what makes you a real man,
1: right? You're confident and, uh, and you, you know, you're you're not rooted in any kind of insecurity or perception of what a man should be, an alpha should be, um, a gangster should be. It's like you're rooted in the way God created you, and there's no greater alpha than God, right? So
0: because He leads. I, I tell people I spent my whole life trying to be who I thought I needed to be, when in our reality it's what who, who God had who tended me to be. Right, and that's what I—that's when I found my purpose. All
1: right, here's a question. Here's a question. Mm-hmm.
0: You think God is brave? Oh man, I think. I mean, I, I look at Jesus' story, and I'm like, man. He knew they were going to crucify him. He knew they were going uh, it, to. It's like you, man. You, knew, you know you're going to get 20 years, and they let you go home. Are you really going to go turn yourself in tomorrow? Right. Be honest. Yeah. Me? I wouldn't. I'd, I'd probably I'd, run. I'd have a real tough time with that. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, he knew he was going to get tortured, murdered, all these things, and he still, like, rose up, carried his cross, and went. And I I look at that, you know, I used to have all these superheroes in my head when I was a kid, Superman, Batman, all these things. Now it's like John, Matthew, it's all the disciples that, Mm -hmm. because I'm like, man, these were men that really got tested in in times that like, come on, bro, nobody gets stoned to death nowadays. (laughs) But they were in such times where faith, uh, resilience, everything was so, I want to say new. Right. You know, yeah. uh, unfavorable uh, uh, yeah. at best. And, 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 they, and they stood there and they, 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 they got their heads chopped off. They got, I mean, yeah. all kinds of stuff for what they believed in.
1: Right. Tell me that's not, that's not tough. That's tough. Right. Now here's a, here's a follow-up question. Do you think the devil is brave and
0: uh, courageous or a coward? Now you have to be careful with that. Okay. Because I always tell people, he got sent. He got sent down here for a reason. You know what I mean? Obviously, he's he's a lot smarter than we are. <laughs> <True>. <laughs> that's he's, why he gets us in trouble. So much. The, yeah. the greatest trick the devil ever pulled was convincing us he doesn't exist. Exactly. That, yeah. And, and that's the problem that a lot of people are like. Um, I'm not saying be afraid of him, but I'm saying there has to be a line of respect somewhere. Right. Where you have to be like, okay, I'm on this side, you know, I, 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 and, and that's what it is. But I still know that you're there. Right. You know. I can respect and uh, know that you're there, but I don't have to follow you. Exactly. And, 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 and that's the thing is that people, people say, oh, there is no such thing as bad and good and blah, blah. And I'm like, really? Right. Because I, I stood next to the enemy. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of things that I'll be never, I'll never be able to talk about that I've seen in Mexico, you right. know, working with those people and stuff mm-hmm. like that. But the devil is real. Right. The enemy's he's real. The, he, there's really bad people out there right. that do really bad stuff. Now, do you think there's bad people or broken people or both? There's both. You know, there's times in prison where I sat down and I talked to dudes and I'm like, yep, that dude needs to stay here. <laughs> Right, (laughs) He still needs a lot of work. And I'm not saying it's not possible. Yeah, there's a lot of broken people. God can fix anybody. Anybody. Well,
1: here's here's one more question beyond that. We're going to get a little deep on this, okay? So, like, uh, for the viewers out there, they might be kind of having the question um, of, like, who's around them, if they're good or they're bad or they're broken. How can you distinguish and through your life experience, because it's vast of all different types of people, right? Um, how can you tell a broken person versus a bad person? So to me, the definition of a broken person is someone that's been through a lot and might be broken and lost and all kinds of stuff, but still has a heart, right? Um, and uh, that you can feel love in, right? They have a heartbeat, just a faint one maybe, of love in their heart, um, but the bad the bad person and the broken person can look very similar. How do you uh, distinguish the difference? How would you say through your life experiences?
0: Honestly, uh, there is no difference. Really? I'll tell you the truth. Um, because I was both. Okay. And... Uh, <clears throat> There's just people that have been through more, right? And there's there's people that ta- it takes a lot less for them to become more broken, and mm. there's people that could take a lot more, like us. Okay. we took a lot more than normal people, I guess you could yeah. say. Other people have been through stuff, but everybody is. I I've seen I've seen killers completely change their lives. Right. I I've seen. Child molesters, I've seen. I've seen, you know, that's why I I tell people prison, as much as it was a a, a curse for me, it was a blessing for me because it saved my life. It taught me so many lessons about life, I guess you could say. Right. You know, and and I'm not saying that it taught me everything I needed because uh, when I came home, yeah, I came home educated. I knew how to read books and, and I talk philosophy and all this crap, but I didn't have life experiences. Right. I didn't have a bank card. I right. didn't have – I didn't know how to pay my child support. You know, Um. I didn't have uh, – Uh. I didn't know how to deal with a breakup. Right. You know, so it, I didn't have life experiences. So, like, um. man, it's, it's, a, it's a tough question to answer just because there's so many moving parts in that question. Right. Yeah, it's a loaded <laughs>
1: question. That's why <what> <laughs> Hey, we might have to pick up that question some more later, but, you know, we, we can uh, you know we can talk about more of that just, you know, as we get to know each other, because, yeah. I mean... We're far, both broken, bro. <laughs> as far as I'm concerned, brother, you are a brother. Oh, thank you, me. bro. I don't know Man. if you ever had one, but you got one now. Thank you, bro. Right? And I know you got Peter out here, and, you, you know, God's putting this incredible circle around you, <laughs> and, uh, but he's also putting it around me right now. Thank you, With right you. With you. You know, so... I know we got plenty more to talk about, but uh, we might have to do an episode <laughs> two, right? So, uh, But let's, you know, like uh, for all the, the viewers and the listeners, and we just kind of scratched on the surface, but we got into some real deep stuff that yeah. I think really matters that was actually, uh, I think, more important to discuss today, right? <laughs> so like I think it's just being directed. Now, if, uh, if you could leave everybody out there that's listening to this uh, or watching this, any kind of, uh, you know, scripture to hold on to when life's tough or when it's rough and they don't feel like it's, they're worthy or, you know, they, they feel like they got too much sin on their hands and, you know, they feel like they don't know how to love or can't love or aren't worthy of love. Like, what would be a scripture
0: that you would say to lean on? Honestly, I, I've, probably everybody's always heard this one. You know, um, even though I walked through the valley of death, mm-hmm. I would feel no, fear no evil. Um, it's been one of my biggest, just scriptures that I've really leaned on. Just because when I got transferred to that f- Florida prison, where I I prayed for the whole bus ride there to not 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 be my, like my gang to not be present in that prison. Mm. As soon as I got there, there was like 63, 63 guys. there. Wow, the yeah. So that's a test. You know, um, did
1: you join the game?
0: Well, it, it was all you know. It was all the Latin Kings, but it, that's a testimony itself because when I got there, you know, it was going to be bad because I didn't, I didn't want to sit with them. Mm-hmm. And God made His magic happen, and they ended up getting all escorted out of there. They were under mm-hmm. investigation, a big case. Yeah, happened while I was when I got there. It, okay. So, you know, one day I was at work. Some guy came up to me. He's like, "Hey, they're taking all your guys." And I ran up to the window, and yeah, they were taking them all out. And I, I just, I was like, "Man, you have a you have a sense of humor." You know <laughs> yeah. I mean? like, it's it's yeah. crazy, but those two years set the platform up for me to be able to go to education and just start start changing. You know what I mean? Right. Start wanting to do better. Right.
1: Evolving. Yeah. And- Becoming who you were supposed to be, not it, the JC that the world has seen. Exactly. But the JC the world gets to experience now that's <laughs> evolving and, uh, and walking in its purpose, right? Yeah. Uh, where can they find you? We got we to let them know about you. So, uh, what's your social handles? Like, where your show's at? You know, like, um, you know, everything, everything like that. Where can they
0: reach out to you or find you? I mean, honestly, if you just Google wrong, too strong, wrong. W <laughs> R O N G. Yeah, too strong. Uh, you'll see. I mean, everything pops up. I uh, God has been good. You know, he's uh, he's blessed me with a good uh, Google mortar, uh search engine. <laughs>
1: hey, that's powerful in today's world, man. You know, like
0: uh, I could probably learn a
1: thing or two on that. Maybe I should help you, out, you know recruit God to help me out. That right? so.
0: Yeah, man.
1: Uh, well, hey, man. Um, I know you got things to do, but it's been such an honor. You, speaking with you and hearing your testimony and uh the you know and your story of pain and triumph and, and i mean it when i say man you are the epitome of the resilient underdog you adapted to whatever your environment was you overcame uh your environmental circumstances to put yourself in a position where you were in control of your environment uh good or bad and um and then you are winning right you've won in the end and you continue to win and uh i'm so Happy to meet you today, and you should be very proud of the man that you are sitting in front of me. Oh, thank right? you, and you are a true testament of God's will and God's power. And uh, I know that He's a proud father looking down on you right now. <laughs> thank you. Man. So, I uh, you know, thank you for your time and your story today, man. It's been an honest, true pleasure, and it doesn't end here for us. I'm going to tell you that right now. Like, we're going to be brothers in life, and I'm going to talk to you a little more about that camp out there and. With those kids, because uh, that's near to my heart, right? So, um, that's all I got. Uh, All right, everybody. Man, what a great episode. So, if you got something out of this, it resonated with you, like, uh, you know, definitely don't be afraid to let us know what you got out of this. Reach out to JC, reach out to me, give us all likes and follows and do all that stuff, because the only way that we can continue to uh, do what our mission is here with a resilient underdog is to have you. The resilient underdogs sharing this, liking this, reaching out. And, uh, you know, if someone pops into your, into your head, just share it with them. You know, uh, we don't want anything in exchange. Just share it with them so we can continue to reach more people that need to hear these messages. All right, guys. Have a great day. Stay resilient. Sir.
0: Talk to you later. Bye. Fused to give up despite the odds stacked against them. The resilient Underdog
1: Podcast.